The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process, and The Athletic. Subscribe right now for 25% off at theathletic.com slash RTRS. Today on the pod, we will give you all of the lottery party details and announce our special guest. We will talk about the Sixers week and how, even though they didn't play particularly well, it does show how they are too good. Ben Simmons as a point guard or a power forward, Eagles chance at Sixers games, playoff rotations, and potentially the first member of the Brett Brown coaching tree. Without further ado, here's Run the Jewels. We are the murderers there. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have power to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Step into the spotlight. Welcome to the Rice Ricky Sanchez Podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a bandwagon fan who only watches the wins. That is Mike Levin. Hi, Mike. Oh, I wish. I had to sit through that Pacers game. The uh, loss. That was torture. Yeah, an actual loss. What are they doing? I don't understand. Um, when are they finally going to make changes, meaningful changes, so they don't lose games like that anymore? That's us? Is that us now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I decided last night after the game, uh, after the Nets game, that I am – and somebody tweeted this at me. I forget who it was. I'm like, anyone who doesn't get the Robert Covington thing in general is – I'm – Maybe we don't have to ban them from the podcast, but I'm banning them from my life. Mm-hmm. And if you tweet at me with any of that stuff, you instantly get muted. And the guy that suggested that understanding Robert Covington is now the new trusting the process, because uh, that is how we tell the difference between the the normies and us is the understanding of Covington. And I am I am completely on board with that. I, I love Cov. I've always been a Cov guy. Uh, I I will say that it seems like he's getting a little too when he's on ball defense. Seems like he's getting a little too let his guy go by and poke it from behind. Do yeah, you know, have you, you noticed know, that? Nerlens used to do that a lot. Absolutely. Actually, yeah, which is great because he gets his hands in there, whatever. But if you're just gonna let you know Darren Collison and Victor Oladipo go by you every time, it's gonna cause. You know the big's got to step up, and then it opens up the lane. It's, I I definitely will not stand for any Covington uh, dishonoring of, but I'm I I would like him to uh, you know stay in his stance a little bit more and move his feet. That's all. Is that fair? Yeah, I think it's interesting being a defender like him, and I think Derek covered this well that he's like he's not a guard he's a you know he's a a small ball four or a three yeah and he's six nine and he doesn't have like super quick feet he plays a positional defense and defense with his hands so when you put him on a guy like that who can shoot it's almost like you know uh, in the nba now everyone is so they shoot threes so often and even giving them a little bit of space and i wonder if he's making the decision to stay up a little bit more on him because um, he knows he has help down low to try mm-hmm. to take the three pointer away rather than saying, Hey, I can, I can stay with this guy wherever he goes because chances are, if it is a super, you know, a, 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 a true guard that his, uh, his ability to st- sort of just stay with that guy in a one-on-one sense is less. He's, he's not yeah. that guy. Yeah. And that's, and that's a good point. I think it might be a choice because, you see how Embiid covers guys in the mid range. Just yep. literally been like, okay, yeah, shoot it. I'll get the rebound. Yep. Uh, so before we get to the lottery party details, the Willie Green five star Apple podcast review of the week. We are marching toward 2000, just short of it at 1,364 so far. We would love to have yours. This one comes from Barnaby Jones, 6969. Subject line These guys don't even watch the losses. Have you ever watched those two egotistical blowhards argue on Fox's Undisputed and thought to yourself, man, 
If there was only a podcast version of this, but instead of interesting national topics, it covered the insignificant minutia surrounding a mediocre local basketball team. If so, this podcast is the one for you. Five stars. So good review. Like that one. Five stars. Mm. All right. Lottery Party Mike. So the Lottery Party is... uh, as we as we predicted, because we were right the whole time, is sort of in a transformative state. Yeah, as the, the Sixers are now actually um, too good, right? Just hearing and, you say playoff rotations in the opening right. was was a real trip. Yeah, it's a real thing. Like they're going to be in the playoffs, the actual playoffs, and yeah. there's a a non-zero possibility that they could still be in the playoffs when the lottery party happens realizing the dream that on the same night we could have a playoff game and uh, the number one pick. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this party now becomes, uh, I got excited thinking about it on my, on my uh, hashtag run in the morning that, uh, that this is like the annual gathering where we all congratulate each other. And, uh, and it used to be party for the, the pick. And now it's just, um, basically a self-congratulation celebration of Mm -hmm. the last half decade of being right. So um, this year, the theme, of course, being uh, the overwhelming theme being too good, which I looked back and our first mention of too good was in 2014, which is is pretty comical. Mm -hmm. So here's what it is. It is May 15th at Xfinity Live. I have not discussed this yet with uh, any of my friends at Xfinity Live, but we normally start at six, but I would like to open the doors at five this year, giving a little bit more time because we're going to have to do some things, some more things before the lottery than we normally do. Our, uh, our celebration and our featured guest is, um, would you like to say it or should I say it? Well, it's a current sixer. Which is, is cool. A current sixer. We've yep. never had. I guess this isn't during the season. Well, it might be during the season. We've never had a sixer on during the season. Is that correct? Uh, you're right. I think we had. Did we have Brett during the season? Maybe we had Brett Brown during the season, but we never had a current season. Yeah. Hinky was off uh, season. Correct. TJ was yep. off season. Yep. Eric Snow was post career. <laughs> right. Right. Ro- Roden actually. No, Roden was also off season, even for him. Yeah, this will be our first, hopefully, current sixer. So our guest, we will do a live podcast at the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, at the Rights to Ricky Sanchez lottery party with none other than the other, we've talked about the three children of the process. <laughs> I'm just teasing are, it, just teasing it. <laughs> wait, yeah, I know. The three children of the process have always been TJ, Embiid, and uh, The Rock, Rocco, Robert Covington. So our special guest who will do a live podcast with us is none other than Robert Covington. Wow. Now, of course, if he is playing that night, mm-hmm. he will not be there. No, nope. they're, they're going to sit him for rest. <laughs> we'll, we'll just have to enjoy the, uh, the biggest playoff party in the history of, uh, of, of Philadelphia, I imagine. Um, Maybe probably bigger than the the Super Bowl, I would guess. So Covington will be there. We have some uh, some big surprises and contests on the way. We'll announce them in the in the coming weeks. Um, tickets will oh uh, we will have the Rebel photo booth will make a return. We will have a, a photo opportunity where you can take a picture with the Hinky banner. Um, both will involve charity donations. Um, now. The tickets for the lottery party have always been free before, or no tickets at all. This year, that is changing. It is changing because we want to be able to pay to do things to make the lottery party better and also be able to increase the money we raise for charity as we have in previous years. I can hear people turning off the podcast. (laughs) So um, we are going to – so tickets are going to be 5 bucks. Um, the rights to Ricky Sanchez will donate every penny we make to our two charities, and that is uh, the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence and um, Justice Rescue. So tickets will go on sale to the general public for five bucks on Friday, March 23rd uh, at 10 a.m. That's can l- get less than link. a week away. Less than a week away. You can get that link at rightstorickysanchez.com. Now, there will be a presale that will happen on Wednesday at 10 a.m., the only way that you get the password for that presale is if you sign up for the newsletter at rightstorickysanchez.com. 
I would suggest you do that based on the number of people already signed up for the newsletter and capacity at um, at Xfinity Live. So if mm-hmm. you want to go, it's a good idea. Here is the final ticket thing. There is a VIP ticket. The VIP VIP ticket. Uh, when I say limited, I mean like uh, less than 150 tickets total. You get um, access to the balcony upstairs, so that's where you get to go. And this is you not get, just the LL Pavorsky VIP ticket. This is right, the, the actual VIP, the real ticket. deal. Yes, you get a buffet all night from Xfinity Live. They'll give me the food. They gave it to me at some point. I forget what it is. You get uh, unlimited beer and wine all night. And you also get a photo with and an autograph from Mr. Robert Robert Covington. Um, those tickets are $99. And they also, all the proceeds from that also go to charity. So again, tickets go on sale Friday at 10 a.m., 5 bucks. The pre-sale is Wednesday. Sign up for the newsletter to get the password. And, uh, and that's, oh, and t-shirt designs on the way. We're finalizing all that sort of stuff. They're so. good. They are very good. There's some there's some good ones in there. How many gonna release? Like three or four? I think we're gonna have three, unless you know we started with two last year, and then the third one. I think um, was the Nerlens one the third one. I don't remember. Yeah, I think we had the two, like the emo one, the metal one, and then the Nerlens one was third. So, um, so we hope to see you there. It's going to be a fantastic party. It always is, and. Robert Covington will be there, which we're very excited. And we'll have, we're going to have Robert Covington on the podcast soon to sort of weird him out and try to prepare him. Did you, do, we, um, do we hope that the Sixers lose in the first round so Covington can come on the podcast? How, well, commi- how committed to this are we? Well, so here's the thing. They could win a round, and he could, that, it's conference finals during the, the lottery. Oh, so, it's, that's, that's as far as it is? Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, it's like the first night of conference final. So... They could win around, and he could still be there. And I think that is the optimal. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I don't care, really. I would love to have him there. I think he's, it'll be wonderful to have him there. If the reason that he's not there is because the Sixers are in the conference finals, I'm totally fine with that. We'll find somebody else. We'll call, I don't know, call Gerald Henderson or something. <laughs> Tell him to come. There's got to be somebody available if he's not there, right? Be a good reason. Yeah. All right. You ready to talk about actual Sixers? Seth? Actual Sixers. Yeah. Um, so it was a interesting uh, interesting week. So they go 3-1 and one this week. It was a strange 3-1 and one week in that you could argue they didn't play particularly well in any of the four games, and they wound up 3-1. and one. Yep. Uh, uh, They beat Brooklyn twice, beat the Knicks once, and then lost to the Pacers. Which game – was there a game or a theme you'd like to hit first? I mean, it's just it's the idea that they can turn it on, right? They can like they can against bad teams like Brooklyn and New York. They can decide. All right, we we're better now because I mean the Knicks might be. In, I don't think they're intentionally losing, but Brooklyn has no incentive to. Um, and they can just be like, yeah, we can sleepwalk through a game for the most part and then win it. I think earlier in the season they couldn't. Remember losses against like Chicago and stuff, but they're at a place where they're comfortable enough with their offense and 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 with within each other, especially now that the bench is a little bit more, a little bit deeper. Um, that they they can pretty much turn on the Jets, and that's it's cool to be on that side of things. That's I've never, I mean the I mean the Iverson Sixers were never like that. It was just if Iverson decided to get hot. There was never anybody like, oh, the team is now flowing well. This is the first time that a team can like flip the switch, which is crazy. Yeah, I it's um you saw them the flip the switch thing definitely happened in the Nets games, I thought. Well, the first Nets game, they played okay. They didn't play bad in that game. Um and just they, they didn't play uh, an A game. I would say they probably played a B minus or a C plus game. Well, they let but up they, 60 points in the first half and then gave let up 37 in the second. Right. And that well that and that was last well last night it seems like they I think they gave up like 60 and or close to 60 in the second half too. But um Last night was definitely 42 in the second half. Yeah, really? Yeah, 68 Only... in the first half, 42 in the second. Oh, I didn't realize it was 68 in the first. Oh wait, half. I thought it was. What no, was last it wasn't. night? Brooklyn. Oh, I'm, I watched the games yeah. out of order. I watched them okay. out of order. That's why I asked. 
Yeah, because they scored 60, I think, in the first half last night and wound up with, what, 115 or 116? I, I think it was 120 yeah, or 116 yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but last night, they definitely seemed to turn it on. They couldn't get a ton of stops, but they turned it on. The Knicks game was interesting for me because it's the first time. You mentioned blowing the leads against the bad teams earlier in the year. They weren't. Those teams weren't tanking quite as hard as they're tanking right now. Mm-hmm. And it was really an eye-opener to see. Not that I, it changes my opinion on any of it. But watching the Knicks, like, I don't think, I've never liked Trey Burke. But he was clearly playing pretty well that game. And the decision to say, okay, in the fourth quarter, we're definitely just going to let Moutier do everything. Like, statistically, maybe the worst player in all of the NBA. And, like, almost, I know players don't try to lose, but the Knicks in that game, we did not deserve to win that game. (laughs) Like, that was, we did not play well in that game at all. And that was more, like, the Knicks, it seemed like, just making sure they lost than us making sure we won. Um, It was nice that we hit the shots to make it happen, but watching actual tanking happen against the Sixers instead of it being the Sixers was a uh, quite a moment I thought yeah I mean I almost miss it <laughs> I do it was so there was I mean obviously I I would be uh, whitewashing history to say I was just like calm and it was fun all the whole time um, but I did it there was a, so much more calm going into a game being like whatever happens man young guys losses we're all we're all heading in the right direction now there's expectations the Pacers game was legitimately frustrating I was mad I don't like being mad I don't want to be mad at these guys I was never mad at Hollis well because you never expected anything there was well I expected is... two out of five and I got it <laughs> right 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 but you never it, it is, you know, this uh, as it like there. There is always like the process as a social experiment, and and how how like uh, how our views on the teams change, and as our expectations change, and our uh, emotions watching it change. But there was definitely a um, we we talked about what's it going to be like when the losses matter and hurt, and this is definitely a different thing. It you know having expectations is is in some ways less fun than having no expectations. It is, it's the way I can describe the difference in feeling going into the Eagles Super Bowl in 2018 compared to uh, 2005, you know? Yeah. Like 2005 was the weight of they, they have to win this versus the, the, hey, we shouldn't be here anyway. We're definitely going to win. So. Yeah. I just, had a, I just had an idea. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should maybe say it off podcast, but I, it came to me in the moment, so I want to say it now. Uh, when the Sixers win a title in the next, I don't know, few months, um, <laughs> the and the Sixers have like a parade, Broad Street, I feel like we need to have our own bus for former Sixers, like Hollis and Brandon Davies, and if we can get New Orleans. In the parade? Guys. I mean, that's they probably won't let us do that, but <laughs> if, we, if we then recreate it somehow... They they probably won't let they us do that. They probably won't let us do that. <laughs> as if there is They should. The, you're right. As if there is any percentage chance that they would be up for that. Uh, all right, before uh before we go any further with the week because there's a a couple of actual game items I wanted to talk about and and something from last night um that I thought was really funny, which uh I I like asking you which sponsor we should do first. Which one? Oh, um, let's go with The Athletic because we're talking oh, about basketball. The Athletic. The Athletic. Somebody complained that you didn't do that last week. The, the Athletic. The Athletic is where I was talking. So I went to the game last night with uh, Academy Award nominee and friend of yours uh, and friend of mine, Mike Weber. Yeah, and, and you saw my and brother. I saw, I saw Puff Andy there. And... Um, Mike mentioned to me while we were walking on the concourse looking for ice cream, he's, we were talking about The Athletic, and he said, you know, he goes, I'm loving The Athletic. I really can't remember the last time I read any piece of Sixers content locally anywhere. I just don't need to. And um, 
it's the truth. It's sort of like a for if for um, for local coverage at least, and for the Sixers, and I think for the for any one of the Philadelphia teams, it has been such a game changer in terms of like what I read. Um, I mentioned on Twitter this week, and I've mentioned a bunch of times, Michael Connor and the way that he they they just have they have every angle of it covered, you know. And I think uh, Michael Connor has been really good with breaking down sets and breaking down actual game action in a uh, in a way that you don't get anywhere else. Um, and I, I like I legitimately think in Derek and Rich and Mike they have the. Th- three best Sixers writers in Philadelphia all in one place. And there's there's nothing that I want from Sixers coverage that they don't have at the athletic. And if that isn't worth three dollars and seventy five cents a month, you know, I don't I don't know what is. That's a total game a, changer. Total it really is. Like it's a it's I, I said when it started and even when Derek started doing his the the paywall stuff that this should be the future. You should be able to pay a fair monthly subscription and not have to deal with clickbait and annoying ads and all that kind of stuff and the athletic has provided it and um i I really don't think you know if you if you think about budgeting your time and what you have time to read and not read this is the place where you you can get all your local sports content and it's awesome so there's a justin justin anderson q a on there that i did not read but i'm sure is insightful and good Everything in there is insightful and good. So uh, you can subscribe and get 25% off now at theathletic.com slash RTRS, theathletic.com slash RTRS. If you do that, again, it's only $3.75 a month, and that is really cheap and really with it, worth it. Um, the Athletic. The Athletic. The Athletic. All right. Uh, so last night at the game, uh, I realized something. Uh, well, first of all, they – they ran a tribute video. It was the first ever combo tribute video I've ever seen. Did they for... really do that? Yes, they did. I wasn't kidding. They did one for I Okafor thought that was a, I thought that was a joke. I thought it was no. a joke. No, they did one. Now, I've always said that you the smart thing is to err on the side of doing the tribute video because it doesn't hurt, you know. But the tribute video to Okafor and Stauskas felt like an inside joke. <laughs> like, um, and I realized watching Okafor because it was – on some level, still as infuriating to watch him on another team as it is to watch him on the Sixers. Like every time he got the ball, I was just screaming, he's not going to pass it. He's not going to pass it. Um, I I feel bad saying this, but like I don't even want him to succeed. No, we, I, decided, we decided that we weren't rooting for him before. Yeah. that's. I mean, that's not – I don't feel great about it, but that is simply the my, case. It's my true feeling. I, yeah. I realized that I, I Stauskas, look, he came on the podcast. I have no no ill will. He didn't change the course of the franchise one way or the other. He's fine. He did, but uh, but that's fine. Keep going. Well, the picks he came in the pick swap trade so, counts, but he's responsible. But Okafor, I really don't hope he succeeds. I don't wish him any like ill will in his health or family life. But as a player, I can't stand him like even a little bit. And I also realized as I was watching. Simmons, um, and I have grown my my affection for Simmons has grown in the recent weeks because I love, as I've told you, the shoulder into the guy in the lane and mm-hmm. uh, and dunk thing. Mm-hmm. He did it last night. I forget who it was to, but it was such a blatant like shove off with his arm, and the refs just let him do it. And I realized if they just let him do that, he is like if if they're letting him do that as a rookie. Um, they're not stopping that at all. I, I don't know, man. If we've said it before, if he can shoot, it's like it's like top three in the league sort of potential for that guy. He is um he is really like the the controlled speed and the aggressiveness at which he plays with. Like he always is playing at the same speed. Um, and he is very controlled, and that one move I think is so unstoppable. It's very LeBron esque without being quite as uh, uh, bullying, I guess, as LeBron has sometimes. But I really enjoy watching that move, and I'm more and more enjoying watching Simmons. Yeah, I don't know how they don't call it. I mean, it must be something different that he does that other people do because the refs love calling pushoffs, and well, it's I, not a it's not a pushoff. It's more it's more just like a like a pokey elbow or a, like a stabby shoulder. 
Well, I think he's so graceful about it. Like, he he doesn't look... Like, Le, when LeBron's doing it, even though nothing ever gets called on LeBron, he looks like he's physically trying to do it. With Simmons, it almost looks like they're just in his way. Um, mm-hmm. And, I, like, he, he does it all in one motion. Like, there's no stop. There's no... Like, it's it's a pre- very graceful push, and I, that seems like it's why he gets away with it. But if he's going to get... Like I said, if he's going to get away with that as a rookie, it is... The rest of the league is uh, is in trouble. Weber did make an interesting point last night that um, one of the things that is weird about watching Simmons is that he doesn't really ever smile or seem to uh, enjoy any part of what he's doing. Like he never looks perturbed and he's never bothered by anything. But um, with that also comes like, like I can't think of any time he's ever smiled on the court. Or oh, I've seen it. I've seen a smile. You see, really? like t- t- teammates and stuff. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Okay. All right. I, I I haven't noticed. I've I've seen it like when somebody wants to fight him or something, and he's yeah, laughing yeah, yeah. about it. But but last no, like night... he'll sm- he'll smirk he, after the there was a okay. So last night was the I can't remember if it was in the Brooklyn game or the Knicks game because I watched the Knicks game after I watched the Brooklyn game. Um, it's March Madness. I'm watching just 15 hours of basketball per day. But the it was when like Reddick did something like finished in traffic. Like on a mm-hmm. on a on a drive, and he was like gesturing to somebody on the Sixers bench, and I think it was Simmons because when he then checked out, uh, he was ta- Redick was talking to Simmons on the bench, and like they were giving each other shit or something, and there's like there's there was like a camaraderie there, and then it happened also in the this was definitely in the next game, that that um, like they were doing the big balls dance I think Dario was doing some weird dancing. <laughs> Okay. It was. I mean, they're just the. They're just. I, I have a lot of Dario stuff to talk about, but Dario is the most entertaining player in the NBA to just watch. Not yeah. even just like to watch play, but just to watch yeah. exist. And uh, and this team is just. I think they're past like, you know, they're not a college team in that they have to talk about how much they love each other and what a good environment it is and like they believe in whatever blah blah blah. Um, they just sort of like do it. They just it's you can tell they're having a good time with each other. Even Fultz, like Fultz and TJ and Luau have like their arms around each other in the huddle. Like while they're even though they're not in. It's like there's a it's a it's a real I I don't doubt that like not everybody's super happy. Like maybe Rashawn's not the happiest. Um but there's just a real uh unity between these guys. And it's just fun to watch and not even like sort of pick up without without them having to be like you know forty features on it about how much they love each other, just like yeah we just we we play and we enjoy playing together. Um, I agree with you on Dario. I uh, it, it's hard to take your eyes off him when he's on the court. <laughs> yeah. Like the the number one guy used to be TJ in that way, but I think Dario has surpassed TJ in can't stop watching him. Um, and I, it's it is it is amusing how, <laughs> how Jaleel Okafor's like insistence on shooting and ball hoggedness drives me up a wall. But for Dario, I think it's hilarious, and I love every minute of it. Like there was there was a time, so he tried to in the next game he was there was he he like knocked Cantor over or something, and he was trying to help him up, and they were saying something to each other, probably not in English, and uh, Cantor like was about to grab his hand, and then Tim Hardaway Jr. like bang like bumped into Dario and I was like, no, he's my teammate. I'm going to pick him up. And Dario's face when he was like, he like sort of shoved Hardaway Jr. Like, fuck you, man. Yeah. I'm, help. I'm helping this guy. Yeah. Oh, fuck you. He was like, uh, I really, um, he's starting to get his like saucy Euro persona back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I really it, am happy about it. It's saucy Euro persona along with like sort of dad, sort of like I don't get these kids jokes but yes, yes. I like and I think they might be making fun of me but it's fine I love them anyway it's yeah. like yeah yeah <laughs> uh and from this week two um I thought it was a, a great Covington week but two monster three-pointers from Covington yeah. one in the Knicks game of course or the dagger in the Knicks game and one in the um the Nets game last night sort of like basically the game winner. It went from the Covington threes to the, the TJ free throws, which sort of locked the game up. Just more proof that just like, if you just don't overreact after every game with the guy, more times than not, 
he's uh you're going to be happy that you you stayed on the bandwagon and i know Look, people are yeah. dying to be wrong yeah <laughs> uh is there anything you want to say about the indiana game before we like i you know being that it's a possible first round playoff matchup was there anything you took out of that that um after you know aside from the fact that they won and we didn't play that well yeah i mean i guess they're just good you know yeah i guess they're just a good team i i don't know i mean it was it was fun to watch them play against trevor booker and there'd be like uh oh that's what he does against us that's what he does yeah um but yeah it was just it was just one of those you know they turned the ball over a trillion times they turned the ball over five times last night right wasn't only five yeah they're they're uh like for some reason against the nets they don't turn the ball over as much i think i know the reason the nets are bad the nets are bad (laughs) that's that's not bad yeah um but yeah the the pacers game was just a frustrating one it's tough to lose at home to a, a potential playoff matchup but uh there was some very frustrating bellinelli stuff he sucks man He's yeah, horrible. I mean, I, I'm I'm totally fine with him being being on the team. I'm absolutely fine with him being on the team. Him playing 26 minutes per game is not not no. something we can have. It just it can't happen. I would find for 10 or 15, 10 if he's playing like shit, 15 if he's a little warmer. But what I really I do want to talk about playoff rotations because yeah, again I I I forget which game it was in. Maybe like, I think it was Brooklyn actually, um, where. Brett subbed out Dario for defense, yeah, and uh, put Anderson in. Yep. That was against that was against Brooklyn, right? Yeah, he did that last night. In yeah. the like in the final possession, he had Anderson guarding Dinwiddie on that Great. when the the Nets were down three. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I, it seems like that's one of the first times that that's happened, right? And as as far as Brett Brown criticism goes, that is something that has been bugging me because as good as Dario is, as much as I love him and as, as huge as he is on the offensive end, um, especially with free throw shooting and his improved jumper, all of it, um, you can't play him on defense in a crunch time possession. You just can't. He's not. He t- Players are shooting 95% on step-back jumpers against him. People see him on the, guarding against him and their confidence just soars. He can't be in there. Anderson... It's not an all-world defender, but he's physical and he's long, and he gets down into a stance. And he, uh, he wants to defend and has the physical ability to do so, even if his his like instincts aren't perfect. Absolutely, you know? yeah. Um, so so yeah, so like them Brett Brett doing offense defense for Dario, and then putting in foul shooters with like TJ getting in there. I I, I did want to talk about what to do about Ben Simmons's poor foul shooting at the end, ends of games. Okay, well let's let's talk about all all that stuff because I think it's uh, and you know what he did last night, which I was like, well, if this works out, fine. But in that in that final possession, like I think it was in that one, or they were down three, and he did not have Embiid in there. Um, yeah, and uh, like I, it sort of reminded me of the Popovich didn't have Duncan in in that <laughs> in a way more important game. Sure. Uh, in that Wait, they were game. they were they were up three. Right, they were up three. And yeah. I know they were defending the three, and I know you want to switch on everything, but like, there is something to having your best defensive player yeah. in there. For the rebound, but, yeah. but at least he's, he does seem like he is trying out different things uh, mm-hmm. in preparation for the playoffs. It does seem like that's what he's doing. Um, before we get to that, all right, we have, we have two sponsors left. Who do you want to do now? Uh, I like closing with LL. Okay. Cornblow and Cornblow is the official law firm of the process. Now, you know, in recent weeks, Adam Cornblow has given us some car insurance tips, you know, insur- uh, tips if you're in an accident. And I was out of tips and I sent an email to Cornblow last night and I was like, buddy, need more tips. And he goes, I'm sorry, I've been wrapping up a trial this week. And Ooh. I was like, Cornblow, trial smile. This is for the podcast. Um, so we don't have any tips for this week. <laughs> but- but uh, we'll have one for next week. People love the, the Cornblow tips. Cornblow and Cornblow is if, if you have any sort of personal injury where you think you may have a case, and uh, those sorts of personal injury are slip and fall, uh, injured at work, car accidents, medical malpractice, which is what they specialize in, there is no better place in the Delaware Valley to go 
um, than Cornblow and Cornblow. And the, uh, the reasons are multiple. Like, first of all, because they are the best at it and you want someone who is going to get you what you actually deserve and Adam's going to do that. But the other thing is that you're getting like, you know, like we usually say at the end of the commercial, when you call Cornblow and Cornblow, you get a Cornblow. That doesn't actually happen at every personal injury law firm. Like a lot of those places are just do the referral thing. Yes. I mean, this is a not every uh, podcast advertiser writes their own copy. (laughs) Right. right. The head of the company. Right. Uh, Yeah. Like it's actually the guy. You know, the, 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 you don't see, you know, Mr. Zip Recruiter writing the copy, but no. Adam Kornblau is. So, in fact, he never even involves himself in that process. <laughs> right. So, so basically what's happening here is you have a, uh, a personal injury law firm that's been in the area since the 80s, who his parents started it. He has now taken it over with his mom, and he, he takes a lot of pride in the work that he does. He does a great job at it, and there's a lot involved in it, and it's a very long process. can take a few years depending on, on what happened. You're going to have a lot of questions, but he's going to walk you through all of it. And uh, you don't even have to leave your house. They have offices everywhere, but he will come to your home as if he is a, a doctor in the 1950s. So uh, <laughs> if, if you think you may have a case in any of those kinds of personal uh, bodily injury, give him a call, shoot him an email, no cost to you, of course, 215-576-7200, ask for Adam, or email him at cornblau at cornblauandcornblau.com, cornblau spelled with a K and spelled A-N-D, and the rest? It's up to you. Adam Kornblau, the official law firm of the process. So uh, so one of the things I was thinking about with the playoffs was we have seen in recent games, Rashawn Holmes in there earlier mm-hmm. and more, uh, Justin Anderson all of a sudden playing more. Um, I think this is probably twofold. I didn't know which one it was more. Maybe it's a little of both. First, I think he's probably buying some time for Amir Johnson's played a lot of minutes and I think he's going to want to play him in the playoffs and I think yep. he's he's trying to buy him minutes and I think that the same goes for um you know uh the wing guys which is why he's getting Anderson in there but I do think he is looking to see which rotations work out so he knows what he can go to in the playoffs yeah and I agree and then I think yeah especially because we, as we talked about there's a lot of back-to-backs they're still in the thick of it Five games in seven nights, sort of thing. Um, I totally support that. Um, Ilyasova is a guy that's going to be in the rotation. Bellinelli is, and I think that you want if if Ilyasova and Bellinelli and I mean are your first two wingish guys off the bench. Um, you just it's just helpful to have a guy that can that is a little bit more athletic and uh, game defensively. That doesn't just uh, try to draw charges. So yeah. I, I definitely want I, I want Justin Anderson to play minutes. Like I, I think that he is, he will. I just, I just like the idea of going offense defense at the ends of games. And I, I can't remember, I last night or whenever the game was, was the first time I remember uh, Brett going to that. And I think that that's something they can use, utilize a lot more, especially on like dead ball possessions, like. Get him in there. There's no reason not to, especially because Justin Anderson is also not a bad shooter at this point. He, well, he he's more confident now. Yeah, he uh, that that's the other thing I wanted to see with him. Like he was hot last night. I think he had. A, I think he was three or four from three. He definitely hit his first three. But I want to see if if he's actually a better shooter than he was. You know, our sample size has been he's been hurt a lot of the year and it's been scattered. And I'd like to see how legit that shot really is. And we have yeah. 15 games to you know, see what that is. And I, uh, I, I've really, you know, we were talking about Anderson versus TLC at the beginning of the year. And I think, you know, TLC's hurt, uh, has tendonitis, I think it was, but, um, I think there is more of a shot at this point of Anderson being a legitimate thing for you in the playoffs this year than TLC. And I'd like him to get, if he can stay healthy, I'd like for him to get minutes and see what he can give you. Yeah. The physicality that he has is something that I don't think, on defense, anybody gives you except for maybe uh, Simmons, and I, 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 I like. I think you need somebody to just like bang into some people and pissing people off. I'll tell you, Embiid um, was fucking destroying people last night. On yes, fouls. not include, not including Embiid. Yeah, I mean he was. He knocked Karis Levert like 
in the next century he yeah. he hip checked him in the air like he it looked like he tried to hurt him then he he like scratched quincy ac's eye and then he scratched jared allen's eye yeah <laughs> he was going after some guys i kind of like it <laughs> yeah it was awesome if people uh, are going to come into his lane he's got to be i mean he team, team shoots so poorly against him yeah anyway yeah that if that if now they're also a little bit like am i going to get my ass kicked if i go into this lane i like it Let's and go. what did he have, 18 rebounds last night? I think he had 22 and 18 or something he had, like that. He had 24 and 19, a career high in rebounds. Was 11 for 11 from the line, which is something that uh, is nice to see after a rough month of, of free throw shooting. But speaking of that, I want to talk about Simmons. So yep. at, the end, at the ends of games, yep. Ben Simmons is obviously a valuable player, uh, a two-way player. You don't need to sub him out for uh, because he's a, li- a liability on either end. But when it is... Um, crunch time free throw shooting would you want to take him out because I think right now Brett is sort of in between wanting to give him confidence and keeping him in for for like hey you got to be better I'm gonna you're my you're one of my best players I'm gonna keep you in in this moment or hey I could take him out and put in a guy that's clearly a better free throw shooter so I don't know I go back and forth what do you think it's an interesting thing I um, and and his the the issues with him at end of games is actually sort of twofold. It's the free throw thing, and it's the like the fact that he's not he's not going to shoot an open jumper. Yeah. Um, in a crunch time playoff situation, is going to allow the other team to play defense a lot easier than they yep. would against the guy. Who which is which is what we're worried about in the playoffs because of how is right. is his game going to translate into the playoffs when when things tighten up. Well, and you see his shot attempts in in and I like I think I saw the stat somewhere, but my eyes tell me that his shot attempts go way down in the fourth quarter in close games because yeah. you know, so um, I I am of the belief that this year, even though we are succeeding, uh, the Sixers are good, and we'd like to win a playoff series, that like growth is still the most important thing. Yeah, and I think one way or another him being in there at the end of games is important whether he succeeds or fails because I think like I I get the sense that he is a because things bother him it seems so little he is a mentally strong person and my guess is is that if he is getting fouled at the end of games and he can't make his free throws that that will be a motivating factor for him to get better at them well we're loaded up on motivating factors yeah, right right the, all because of you all because of you basically. that's right sorry i'm saying i'm loaded up with motivating <laughs> <factors>. <laughs> right so um and like i i just think um and this this is like i think this way about basically every guy who isn't good at free throws is that you if if you're taking that guy out of the game then the other team is winning because that's what they want they want that because even him at his worst, like, let's say he's shooting, what, what's he shooting on the season? Like, 57. right below 50, 60%? 57. Yeah. So if he shoots that, it, it's not right for the other team to foul you. Your still points per possession is, is fine. So what they're trying to get you to do is take him out of the game. And I just, I think that you are letting the other team dictate what you're trying to do. So I think both in a strategic sense and in a team building sense and at a, this guy still has to be a uh, one. He is your second best player at this point. I think you have to leave him in the game and succeed and fail with his his faults or his. Uh, I would rather fail with Ben Simmons missing free throws than succeed with Marco Bellinelli hitting them. I guess. Well, I think the. So you brought up an interesting point about like you know with the game against Washington earlier in the year when they fouled him like twenty one times yep. in in the, at the end of the game. Um, that is that is the time I'd leave him in because their their strategy is we're going to foul this guy on every possession and make him hit free throws to beat us. Right. And with like four minutes left, you can hit two of two or one of two or one of two, one of two, that kind of thing, and, and be fine. But I'm talking about literally ends of games. There's like 23 seconds, seconds left, and, yeah. and they just hit a bucket, and they're down one, and they need to foul because the shot clock's off. So well, that is a situation where, where one of two doesn't, doesn't do enough yeah well they did do a thing i mean the way they're trying to hide it is he becomes the inbound passer which does two things takes Mm -hmm. him off the court but also um, allows him to do something he's good at which is pass and i'm still of the belief and i I get where you're coming from but i'm still of the belief that if he inbounds it and it comes back to him and he gets fouled and he has to hit free throws to save the game like 
I'm fine with rolling either way. Like he's he's the second best player on the team. Like I, I just I can't imagine. I I think it's worse to have him off. I again I'd rather I'd rather fail with him on the court than succeed with him off it. That, that yeah. would be my position. I, I hear that, and I think I've, um, in the past, would say that like development is is, you know, tantamount uh, or paramount. But the, I I don't think that it hurts. It would stunt his development or, or, uh, I think this is one of the most interesting things about Brett to watch about the Sixers at the end of the year is, is what Brett Brown does for does to this because how yeah. much does he care about winning versus you know cultivating these guys and, and instilling his trust in them and stuff. I, I I don't think that taking him out at the ends of games because like telling Simmons, yo, look, you're not a good free throw shooter. You're the worst free throw shooter on the team. That's not like a judgment right. call. That's a statistic. And I don't think saying you need to get better and until you get better, I'm going to take you out in in those moments i don't think that that's a unreasonable or or a too much of a win now thing to do so i i would i would at this point i would take him out that's which is i think a departure from how i usually am about just like you know borderline coddling these guys um but i would you know let's win games let's go for that four seed uh take out the guys that can't hit free throws when we need free throws uh yeah, I see where you're coming from, and it is an interesting, like, if, if I'm saying, hey, if he misses him, he'll be motivated to it, you can also say, hey, if he's not in the game and he wants to be, he's motivated by that. So you're just, yeah. we're all playing, like, you know, armchair psychologist on it. So Mostly I, I just want to, mostly I, I just want to win. Yeah, I see, I see where you're coming from. I, I still lean toward put him in there, but it'll, yeah. it, it is an interesting thing to see what Brett does. Now, last night he had him in the game. So uh, we'll we'll see what he does. And the other the other Ben Simmons thing that came up this week, and I just, I think I think the whole thing is pretty dumb, but it's also caused in part by Simmons himself. Is that Brett was talking about? Somebody asked him at a press conference. I think it was uh, was it Pompey that tweeted it out. Brett was asked at a press conference, or somehow it came up whether Ben's future is as a point guard or a power forward. Um, We're still and, doing this. Yeah, and and Brett was like, Brett was like he wasn't, you know, he's some a little of both. And then Ben is like, I got to talk to him about that. I'm a point guard, and it's like this shit does not exist. He's gonna do both if yeah. Fultz is on the team. So there are some times where he's not gonna have the ball. Like he can't. Like his part of this is his insistence on being called a point guard. I think uh, as we brought up before, but I can't believe we're still talking about this in the NBA in like 2018. Like the last thing they need to do is just is take away positions in the all pro teams and, and stop doing all of this nonsense. But um, like asking him, asking them the questions forces them to give dumb answers. I, I just wish Brett would say, Hey, sometimes he's, he's going to be, you know, at the elbow and sometimes he's going to be at the post and sometimes he's going to bring the ball up and initiate the offense. And depending who the personnel on the floor is, that's the role he's going to play. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I just don't care. I don't give a shit. Yeah, love it. Love that response. Yeah. So big news for our final uh, podcast sponsor of the week. Our, the, the num- I like to say last on the pod, but number one in our hearts. Engagement rings number 71 and 72 confirmed Ooh. this week of rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners who have purchased engagement rings from L.L. Pavorsky. He sent me a picture this week of the couple that came in from Puerto Rico to um, and bought a ring from LL. Uh, that is absolutely insane. So we have international uh, purchases from LL. We have different states. We have people who've just purchased them on the internet. Um, this guy has—he's a love maker, is basically what he is. Wow. He—he—he he, he connects the dots with love. He. You know, we talk about trusting the process. LL trusts the process of love. And uh, join. If you are about to get engaged, or even if you weren't going to get engaged, think about how much more full your life would be if you bought an engagement ring from LL. Go find that special someone just so you can buy a ring from LL Pavorsky. Um, of course, his he does have his own VIP section at the lottery party for his customers. That's another advantage right <laughs> buying a ring from ll you get vip 
VIP service at the lottery party. Mm -hmm. uh, he like you know it is it's a big purchase. You know it's pretty much house, car, and engagement ring are like the three biggest things you're going to buy in your life. So you want a guy that you can trust who is going to take good care of you, and this guy is that guy. Takes has done it for seventy two of our listeners and will continue to do it. A wonderful human being and an even better jeweler, which is saying a lot. Before you go over there to buy an engagement ring, definitely reach out to him first so he can set up an appointment for you. Call him at 215-627-2252. Go over to the store at 707 Walnut. You can email him at llpavorsky.com or you can just tweet at him at llpavorsky. Make sure you tell him you listen to the podcast so he can take good care of you. And for every podcast, LL makes a generous donation to Justice Rescue and the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Make love with him. <laughs> uh, there were so I have, I have three things left that we can do fast if you want to, um, and anything that you had, obviously the the mic the the mic speed round at the end. That's right. There was a sort of a, a Markel Fultz highlight video that he put out that mm -hmm. looked pretty good. Um, the uh, <laughs> there's the uh, Brett Brown coaching tree thing that was a fantastic observation from Weber last night, and. Uh, and I, I wanted to say something about Marcus Gasol. So um, you want to do faults first? Do you think he's going to play? Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. It seems like I, it's it's moving, like he wants to. I think that's sort of where it is. Isn't If I'm reading tea leaves, it's like if they had their druthers, they would probably be like, eh, let's hold off. But it seems like he's feeling better and he wants to, so they're going to let him. That That's sort of my tea leaf reading on the whole thing. The best, the best part about all this is that what you want, he's been on the bench all season and he's involved. He's like posing behind Molly during mm -hmm. her standups. He's having a good time and that I feel good about it. I just, the fact that he's not, you know, locked into a sad room, just like bummed out and like away from the team. I think that the fact that he's there and involved and pumped up like going into timeouts and stuff it's great i'm happy well, about it i don't know if you read the, did you read that the the sad face new york times piece on him last week no so there was like a markel fultz for dummies article in the new york times and it basically Ugh, I, hate, I hate this like the highlights of it were boy he looks sad on the bench or you That's should see true. you should see how sad he looks at other times and right if you take it in totality I think almost he seems like he's fine, you know, from from afar, at least in terms of his mood, like between now, you know, he knows when he's on camera and, you know, you, we could do an entire podcast. We almost did with with Kate Fagan about how you can create how you feel in social media sure. as opposed to how you actually feel. But I don't to my eyes, I don't see that. So, yeah, I mean, at the very least, he's engaged in the game and, you know, joking around with his teammates. I saw him joking around with TJ yesterday. Yeah. Like. I, I really want him to play because I think he's very good at basketball. Who knows if he's going to super help the team right away. But I, as soon as he's ready, bring him in there. I, the foul shooting video, I mean, people are, everybody becoming shot doctors is really funny uh, right. on the internet. Well, we've been, but, uh, we've been, like, there's no choice at this point. Like, of you course, almost, of course. But, like, yeah. you can tell something that looks pretty fluid and be like, okay, this is his release. And, and I, I tweeted that it like looked, looked normal and everyone's like, um, actually there's still a little bit of a hitch. And it's like, you don't know how shots are supposed to look. People's shots are different. Like assess Rondé Hollis Jefferson's jump shot right now. Like everybody's right, right. like people have different ways of shooting. It's, all about if it looks comfortable for him and if it's going in at a steady clip. Like, if you know, Sean Marion's jump shot was weird as hell. It's it's just about how far we've come, and how we're working back to where he was, and adding some level of fluidity to his to his release. And he's got it. Uh, when he's ready to play, put him the fuck in there. Yeah, I just I I want everyone to have real because everybody talks about hey he'll really help the team and blah blah blah. Like let's have really 
fair and limited expectations of how much he'll play and what he'll really be able to do. I think him getting on the court and not looking like a disaster and getting like being able to take a shot when it's open, I think is a an enormous win at this point given where we've been. So yeah. I think perspective is really important. Oh that'd be amazing. that'd be just yeah. can you imagine if he becomes obviously like there's a chance there's a good chance that even if he does play, he still won't look good as you said. Right. But if what if he does? Yeah. Well, what if he comes in and just looks like great? We haven't had this a is what we, we haven't had a, have. we haven't had a good emergency pod in a while, and Markel yeah. playing w- would be a good emergency pod. So at the game last night, and uh, Mike Weber, the uh, Academy Award nominated screenwriter, and Spike Lee of the Right Ricky Sanchez podcast, who is a completely who is a in control human being, but out of control as a Sixers fan, I think you yep. could agree. True. Like like I saw him verbally assault Sixers owners for an entire game once um (laughs) which is support yeah so he goes he says to me which was a a, he's almost more rights to Ricky Sanchez than we are he goes to me who do you think the first member of the Brett Brown coaching tree will be to get a job (laughs) which is funny anyway yeah but what we landed on was I go I was like, hey, isn't it funny that Mike D'Antoni was an assistant coach to Brett yeah. Brown at one point? Yeah. And we laugh about it. And he goes, wait a minute. Is he the first member of the Brett Brown coaching tree? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Coach of the year. And then number one seed in the West. Yeah. Um, I guess I'd just like to congratulate upstart young coach Mike D'Antoni on being the first member of the Brett Brown coaching tree to succeed in the NBA. I would love to hear him say like one thing that he learned during his time as a Sixers <laughs> yeah. assistant. From specifically, like in the playoffs, yeah. Right, specifically from Brett. He goes, yeah, hey, hey, they have a big, like let's say they have a big win and he's on the podium afterwards and he goes, you know, hey, what about this one play you ran, Mike? And he goes, you know, I thought about my time in Philly. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I want. <laughs> that would be. I think, I think Lloyd, Lloyd Pierce would get a job soon. Yeah, that, I think that's what we landed on. It was Lloyd yeah. Pierce. Um but none of those—you don't really hear about those guys in, in rumors. But um, no, I mean, you never know how like if if assistant coaches are good. Like, what do they do? Right. He seems like he pretty much runs the defense, and they have a very good defense. So. Yep. Uh, quick thing on Marcus All. Okay. <laughs> so you know, I, like I hate fucking play. Don't hate him as a guy, but like. Marcus All, Al Horford, Paul Millsap. That's right in my lane of stop talking about how good these guys are. They're not that good. You're just trying to prove that you know basketball better than us. So let's start talking about like the top 20 players in the NBA and say, do you think it's possible for that player to be on a team and lose 19 straight games? And like you go player by player by player. And even when you get to guys like uh, Damian Lillard, who I know I like better than you, but like DeMar DeRozan, all these guys. And you say, is it really possible for that guy to be in his prime and for his team to lose 19 straight games? And the answer would be, no, of course not. He would find a way to win one of them. But here is Marc Gasol, like, who is wonderful at his positional defense, um, you know, and uh, just an amazing passer out of the high post. And for a while... People talked about as being the best center in the NBA on like on a shitty and I know the rest of the team is shitty, but like at a certain point, you, this is where I got with DeMarcus Cousins. Like if you've never been like DeMarcus Cousins, never been the best player on a good team ever in his whole career. Like Marcus Gasol, like if he was that good, they would have won one of these fucking games. And I know he's pretty good, but he's not. He was never the best center in the NBA and he's way overrated. And with all due respect to guys like Zach Lowe and fucking Ben Golliver and all these people who try to act smarter than or actually believe they're smarter than we are, like sometimes the counting stats tell the story. He's not that fucking good. That's all I got. Yeah. I mean, does it feel it's got to feel good for you that this, you know, the, that kind of prototype is still the centerpiece of a team that is now unabashedly tanking. Right. Yes. Yes, you have well, you have, Mar- you have Marcus All, who's who's this you know beacon of of hope for those kinds of guys, right. and I, I like Gasol more than you do, but uh, but not as much as they do, um, and you're still like, you know, losing 19 straight and and just 
heading for heading for a top three pick at breakneck speed. Yeah, boy, it is. It is a. It's probably the tankiest of all tanky years. I think it is. I mean, it it absolutely is. And you know what? Because there's like strength in numbers. Nothing's going to happen to these teams. They no. got fined a little bit, but uh, you well, know we got we got a general manager kicked out because of it. Well, I actually found out that what Dave Silver is. By the way, a lot of positive feedback on uh, hashtag Dave Silver. Yeah, Adam Silver's new name is Dave. If Dave, you didn't listen yeah. to last week's, that's podcast. all you need to know. You don't need to know why. You can go back and listen. I don't even know why. So. I actually found out what Dave Silver is going to do about all these teams. So all these teams are tanking, right? Obviously, the Suns are, the uh, the Grizzlies are, the Bulls are. All of these teams are tanking. And what Dave Silver is going to do is that he is working on getting Sam Hinkie replaced as a professor at Stanford yeah. um, to make sure that he doesn't have the opportunity to talk to anybody anymore. So he really wants to get to the root of the problem. So to stop tanking in the NBA... Uh, Dave Silver is going to reach out to the leaders at Stanford University, maybe find a Colangelo to teach those classes if there's another son somewhere instead of Sam. So, And I also heard he's not allowed to eat at Chipotle anymore, and they're in touch oh, wow. with Qdoba. Yeah, it's really, really it's disappointing. A lot of serious sanctions going on. <laughs> yeah. Is there, is there anything else you have? Um, I got a couple things. Okay. Mm, I'm just going through my list of things. So I'm not. We can tell. I, I like the Eagles' chance at MSG. I know you have it on the list. Oh, I, like, I have it on the list, right? I like Eagles' chance. I think. I think. Trust the process, is a good like continuous chant. Yep. But you have to do it for a while for it to like come in, and you can throw. You can pop off an Eagles' chant, at any point, and sort of like catch people unsuspecting, and uh, that's why I think I, I think those are appropriate, and I think. Eagles chance encompass the Sixers. I, I don't feel like it's like disrespectful to the Sixers. Yeah, I, I've really turned on the Eagles chance at other games. It used to be annoying to me, but now it is, it's like the ultimate finger in the eye, especially yeah. at away games. It's like, we're winning this game and we love the Sixers. By the way, in case you forgot, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, yeah. it is such, and even last night, I, before I heard it, I was like, I just like him at away games. I don't like them at home Sixers games and Flyers games or whatever. But then it happened again last night, and I still thought, like, it was fucking hilarious. So yeah. I am team post-Super Bowl. Eagles chants at other games are amazing. Yeah. Keep doing it. I think, I think them having won a Super Bowl makes it, makes it okay. Yeah. I, I, it used to annoy me also, and now it just doesn't at all. Not even a little bit. Um, other thing... You're not watching the tournament much, I would no, imagine. No, I saw um, like five minutes of the Oklahoma game, and okay, yeah. Uh, oh, and I watched a Andrew Porter at WIP made me. I watched my first like YouTube video. He made me watch DeAndre Ayton uh, YouTube. So that's okay. The extent of my uh, college basketball watching this. Okay, week. as of as of right now, uh, knowing what the Sixers. This is just sort of a tease. Knowing what the Sixers are going to one out of the draft this this being like their sort of last chance to get a guy but still wanting a guy that's going to contribute right away and pretty much treating Fultz as a rookie next year and getting Bolden coming over next year I think they're they're probably not going to get a, a super raw player or or many players at all really so as of right now I know this is going to sting some people that are uh Nova isn't Philly uh people but I really want McCall Bridges he's really good he's very versatile uh, can play both ways, would fit really nicely into the rotation. Uh, they need another guy who's who can play both ends, and uh, McCall's really good. So uh, Yeah, I don't know. I, anyway. I trust you. I trust you on that. And by the way, we're getting the first pick. Uh, just so Yeah, well, if, if we don't get the first pick, then that would be different. Um, last thing, I mean, I just want to like, fully appreciate the Sixers are going to make the playoffs. Yeah. We were, t- we were talking before the podcast about like how long it, how long it's been and how long it's been since it like mattered, um, because all of those Doug Collins teams were just fools gold, um, and uh, it's crazy. It's I'm just happy as hell. It's gonna be it's gonna be a, a ridiculously fun and likely incredibly frustrating time, and I can't wait to share it with everybody. Yeah, and uh, when it gets frustrating, don't don't forget how far we've come. That's yeah. That's we and because well we you won't forget because we'll remind you yeah. every time. Uh, last thing, 
I can't. So I've gotten a little bit of shit for for me uh, for talking shit about the owners a little, a little bit for calling Josh Harris a fuckface repeatedly. Right. Um, which I I do promise to do on every podcast. Um, but I think I like I enjoy doing it more because while your your career is much more tied to this, so you have to occasionally be more guarded than I do. Correct. Right. Um, well, I don't. I don't. I wait, don't have to do it. Let, let oh, me sorry. just say one one quick thing, just and then you can continue. That doesn't necessarily mean that I, I, like you. You can be less guarded than I am in that respect. But I don't want to say that that means that I am quietly agreeing with everything. No, or no, no. Of course, disagreeing. Not, of course right, not. Right, 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 right. Um, but I can't. So I can't talk shit about TV shows, like specifically, right. especially comedy shows, right? Because I've wanted to in the past. There was a time when I watched a show that I thought was so terrible, and then I met. I was going to talk shit about it, and people were like, "Just don't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it." And uh, I like ended up meeting one of the producers of the show like days later, after I held it. And it's like I said, I can't do it, but I can talk shit about the Sixers owners. I can talk shit about like basketball writing and the beat writers or other people on Twitter are saying that like Chris Ryan and John Gonzalez, who I love. Uh, talk about like the legacy of of guys, and it just like doesn't fucking matter. Like, who cares about the legacy? I think that they overdo it there. I can say that I love those guys, but like, what this like the media Ouroboros of like, well, what are people talking about? It's like, well, you're the ones talking about it. it kills me. Right, uh, right, right. I can do it, but I can't talk about it for TV shows. So this is where I get my that and fuckface Josh Harris are where I get my I get my licks in. I guess the one thing I should suggest is that there, there are there is more than one owner. I guess I would. Yeah, say. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, um, and there are there there are different people and have different but interests and you know. We never talk people. shit about Will Smith. Come on. <laughs> well, even even non-famous owners. Are I don't out. understand that. Right. All right. That it. Uh, get sign up for the newsletter. Yeah. One 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 uh, issue down. Yeah. Kristen is very happy. It's a big success. Uh, and we're going to be putting stuff out for the... Um, the pre-sale. The pre-sale. Yeah. This, this coming week. Wow. Yeah, so the way it'll go this week is you'll get your normal newsletter on Monday with the pod, but then uh, Tuesday we will send out the password for the pre-sale, which happens on Wednesday. Lottery party tickets. Go to rightstrickysanchez.com, xfinitylive.com. Five bucks. And remember, you are supporting the uh, National Coalition Against Domestic Violence and Justice Rescue with your with your ticket. And um, you're also supporting the uh, community of reminding everyone for years and years and years that you were right and they were wrong. So. That's right. We got a back-to-back coming up this week, Sixers-Grizzlies, Sixers-Magic. Yeah. Horn- Hornets on Monday. would love to sit and beat for one of those games. Just one. Uh, maybe, maybe not against your boys on the Grizzlies. Yeah, because imagine if we lose to Marcus Solomon. <laughs> yeah, after that, after that, take colossal takedown. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Malcolm Brogdon uh, got what he deserved yesterday yeah. as Virginia loses to be the first for number one seed in the history of the NCAA tournament to lose. Yeah, I saw that. You, I, I saw that tweeted from the Ricky account. And I was like, that's not a Kristen tweet. That's no, a Spike tweet. Yep, definitely me. Well, they should have never given me the password. So. <laughs> All right. Are you down with TTP? Yeah, you know, lick face. We are the murderers there. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have powder to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Step into the spotlight. Bumpers and downers get done. I'm in a rush to be numb. Dropping a thousand ain't much. Come from the clouds on a missile to turn.